RLC founder Dave Evans spends time with partners, clients, and friends in the USA talking about all things business. If you are an inspiring business owner, an entrepreneur, a CEO, or a coach who wants real advice about what to do in business today and wants to hear frank conversations, then this is the show for you. Real life consultations, challenges, and ideas from all around the world. We hope you enjoy this episode of Consultivation. We are back live at Consultivations in the big screen, in the big window you have with us if you're watching. Of course, it's the one and only Kevin Turnbull, president of RLCLA and leader of our Consult Advisory Training Program. Kevin, how is it going, sir? Thank you, Dave. It's going great in sunny LA. It's a blue, bright blue skies and a moderate 60 degrees this early in the morning. Nice. What time is it where you are? It's 9 10 a.m. Oh, what, what a way to start the day. And Kevin, we have it on good authority that back with us today <laughs> is a totally magnificent business warrior, change maker extraordinaire. Is that true, Kevin? <laughs> it is. Um, this woman that you have managed to I guess, you know, pay a lot of money to come on to this podcast. Um, uh, indeed, is a, is, a, is a workplace warrior and a, and, a, and, a, and a business bear. There you go, a business bear. So I let's, like welcome, that. let's welcome back the magnificent Bob Gay. Bob, good to have you back. Well, thank you for being, I'm glad to be back. I'm sorry I've been gone for so long. Well, <laughs> Let's, let's talk about part of the cause. How, how is tax season going in the industry, Bob? Well, it's, it's going like the rest of the year has gone um, for the past 12 months. Um, you know, something pops up and we have a solution for our clients. And then about, I don't know, 30 days, 60 days later, it changes. So you have a course of action of which way you're going to go. And then you have to go, oops, we're going to put the brakes on. We need to change that. And, and I think the other part of it is it's a year now and people are just ready to be done. And um, they're really, you know, where people could deal with things a year ago and they kind of went with the flow. Now I think people are just like, oh, do we have to do this again? So we're just trying to be very, um, uh, very careful about our conversations and say, I know this is frustrating, be very empathetic to them, but we're trying to just trying to keep moving just keep moving and they've extended the deadline for another 30 days which will help us um but um we're, we're trying to just really focus on trying to still shoot for that april 15th deadline uh because several of our probably about 80 percent of our clients can be done by then so we're just trying to not you know last year we had an extended tax season as well so we're just trying to really turn the corner and uh and 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 have a better year this year hey bob how are you coping with the extra work that's coming from the stimulus bills well i've hired an extra person um just you know we've we've kind of what we've decided to do is break it down into what the tasks are to get the information to the clients and once we did that then we could hire somebody that doesn't necessarily have to have accounting skills 
but can help us just load data and balance it. So we've, we've got a full-time person that's doing that. And then uh, myself and my other accountant, Bren, uh, we are both just spending two or three hours a day just working on those types of tasks. So we're kind of breaking up our day to work on taxes and then work on those tasks. Right. It's a lot though. And it's a lot for everybody. It's a lot for our clients. And that's, yeah. that's the bigger part of it because I know the people need the money. That's the other part of it. There are some industries that have really struggled. Yeah, I've, I've been talking to a couple of clients about this who are in the accounting space. And, and they are definitely finding that they've got a morale issue. Um, you know, that, that, that you're piling on a load of work on a load of work. It's not yep. great. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to, and plus we have been working from home for a year, which my team is not used to either. So we were already kind of getting that um, lag because we had been working separately from home. So we're just trying to do things where we do more Zoom calls. Um, we're, we're doing a bingo game on Fridays where um, we're, we're just trying, you know, doing little gift cards for people to kind of just have them to have something to look forward to on Friday. That's a little bit different. It's, it's, it's important though, isn't it? Because it leads us almost seamlessly, magical Bob, um, as you intro, um, into asking the question about is your business all leadership? meaningful or meaningless and and i guess we should throw out a broader question do you think meaningfulness is now more than more important than ever what do you think kev you know i think um through the pandemic people have been clutching on to meaningfulness because it's kind of shrinking away a little bit you know the lack of contact the lack of um kind of involvement through working at home and things like that um, so I, I think it's, it is more than ever so important that people cling on to things that are meaningful in the personal and the business lives. I, I agree, Kevin. And I also think we hired a new, we've hired the, the one person that we brought on that's helping us has worked for us before. So she was familiar with us, but we brought on a brand new person in January. And, and one of the conversations she and I have had a lot is it's really hard to not be in the office and be training. It's mm -hmm. hard to pot, you know, it's just so much easier to walk into somebody's office and ask them a question versus jumping on a zoom call. So yeah. it, it is just kind of changing those expectations a bit. And do you think that, you know, what would you consider meaningless? Years ago, uh, we published a blog about this last week in preparation for today. And in the blog, I, I write about what it was like to work in a steel fabrication plant for a friend of mine. And I was responsible for making these things, right, Bob? And, and it was, first of all, I was given a 60-foot piece of metal. Then I had to cut it up into pieces right and i had a pile of those things to cut out and it's when i first considered meaningless work right because initially that sounds like so what but i remember being really chuffed to myself going to the guy who was in charge and going, i've chopped them all up right and then afterwards him saying oh brilliant now you can go and punch holes in either end of all the pieces that i've made and then when I eventually got through that, 
I said, look, I've done it. It's brilliant. He said, well, now you can go and bend the ends of the pieces of metal rod into shape. I had no idea what it was I was making. But at the end, I discovered, you know those recycling giant bins that you have at retail parks, some house complexes with the big lids? Mm -hmm. um, it was the hinges. I was making the hinges for these giant recycling bins. Um, but it made me question meaningfulness in those settings because the question is, Kev, is repetitiveness meaningless? What do you think, Mr. Samuel? Is repetitiveness meaningless? Well, you know, I there is a chapter in your very excellent book. Thanks, Kevin. Leadership or leader of something else. And I read it last night in preparation for this. Um, and that story is in the book. Um, and I, I had two thoughts about it. I, I don't, I'm not sure that re repetitiveness equals meaninglessness because I think there's a broader concept here. You were doing a kind of blue collar work, you know, which is relatively unskilled because even you could do it. Um, and, uh, and I think you've got to cast the net wider for the meaningful side of it all, which I'm sure is about wages and and supporting your family rather than providing meaningfulness in the routine job having said that clearly they didn't really see it as very meaningful because they didn't tell you what you were doing to help you make it more meaningful yeah. totally you know they didn't, they didn't allow you to see the bigger picture and I, and i think if you look at say millennials in the workplace today you know who are over 50 percent of the workplace in the usa they value or they're driven by values and therefore meaningfulness so if you don't take time out to explain things and make them more meaningful then as a leader you're not really doing your job it's a good it's a, it's a really good point because you, you you lead me to a question that i'd like us to think about what is meaningless and actually, I think the answers are simpler than we suggest. I'll throw one out, Barb, right? So processes without purpose uh -huh. is meaningless, isn't it? Right. People do need to understand why they're doing things. They need to understand what the end product is. Because I do think... Um, there are a lot of ahas that you get when somebody, especially when you're training somebody and you say, just trust me, you need to go through these steps. And then all of a sudden they'll say, ah, that's why I do that. And you, even though you describe it to them and you explain it to them, sometimes they have to feel it themselves. It's, it's true though, isn't it? And But I, I think what you just said is super important, the why piece. Because the bit that we often forget to do, in fact, before I tell you the bit we often forget to do in terms of being meaningless, De Debbie and I always laugh. But when, we, when we lived in Mallorca, right, it didn't matter where you went on the island, there was a sign for Palmer, right? You could be the furthest point away from Palmer, and before you leave the town, there's a sign saying Palmer's this way, right? And we almost need to treat the bit that we forget to do, which was link to the why factor as much as we can in any facet or feature of our businesses. Because, Kevin, you were right to clock. I didn't know what I was doing, right? 
Right. In the same way, I spent some time building these construction shoots. I don't know if I write about it, but the, where you had a pallet of 36 shoots stacked. You know the ones they use where they put all the debris down, Kevin? Yeah. Well, I'm assuming Kevin's going to know what that is, but I bet you looking at him going, I bet he knows as well, right? <laughs> and, and my job was to use a power drill and screw on all the bottles so the chains were fitted to chain the shoots together. And you'd have scaffolding. And you, if you're at the top of the scaffolding, you love all the crap, sorry about that if you're watching, into the chute and it goes all the way down the dry, you know, commercial skip. Um, but I still didn't know what it was I was making, right? So I'm laying these things out, trying to make it go faster. And then I came across another interesting observation. So I'm making it go faster and uh, laying all out. And I'm like looking at these things, I don't know what they are. And again, nobody said to me, what you're making is, and they're used for this. Because it puts a bit of meaning and a bit of colour into it, isn't it? Mm. They probably told you you were using a left-handed screwdriver as well, right? <laughs> well, more than likely. <laughs> um, but it was a fascinating experience. Um, but I came across something else, Kevin. I came across this thing where I started going faster and I became more efficient and I was asked by the people that work there to slow down. I was also asked not to clear up before leaving so that they could come in in the morning and clear up first. And I, and I discovered this difference between how I was wired and how others were wired. I wasn't any better than them, but I think if you are of an owner mindset, you have a discipline most likely where you might finish so you can start clean. And I think you can be born with that as well, Bob. I think it can be something you just know to do. Uh -huh. So sticking with meaningless, what else do you think is meaningless? Running a firm, leadership. I have, an, I have another one if you're stuck. I've got another one. I, well, you know, when when I saw the topic of this podcast, Dave, the first word that came to mind, which is really pandemic-driven, uh, was resilience. So I'm a restaurant owner, successfully serving my local community with my locals that come in. My life has got meaning around that business that I own. The pandemic comes along and shuts it, and all of a sudden my mental states can go into meaninglessness. You know, what's it all about? You know, my, my business and my future is ruined. It's all meaningless. And that's where I kind of fit it in resilience. You've got to have the mental toughness to say, I've got to find new meaning, or I've got to give it um, a, 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 a longer time frame to rediscover meaning. And I think this is a real problem in the pandemic. That's an excellent point because it, especially in the restaurant industry, you've seen them change, you know, what they do. They figured out how to deliver, how to have people pick up. And those are things that they didn't necessarily do in the beginning. And the ones that have been able to sustain have been able to do that. But you're right. I didn't think of it. It's very interesting. You say that now you can see the frustration from our clients and, and that kind of hits the nail on the head. Very good. It's, it's a good show. And 
One of my greatest joys of the last, and I, I wish I discovered it last year really, and that is having a meal from a restaurant in a box delivered to your house from your favorite restaurant. Mm -hmm. So and it's, and it, that, this is not takeaway, this is follow a beautiful set of instructions, make it yourself. And that has been revelationary for me because it means you can go to any, the restaurants that have decided to do it, Kevin, that new meaning. Um, this one we use in London uh, that is outstanding. Um, and their food, if you're watching this, the Black Block London, you might not get it in LA, Kevin, or in Denver. <laughs> but I you, their experience is brilliant. And, for, and what I like about it is for the value that they've priced it, it's boxing with the heavyweights. So you get this excellent experience, the same that it costs to go to a designer restaurant who you'd expect to be excellent. And I'm really impressed with that finding new meaning, Kevin, being your point, right? Well, I, think, I mean, I think on that point, Dave, uh, and that's a great example, the meaningful leader will take the adversity of the pandemic, which is closed down indoor and outdoor dining, but then build up new revenue streams in takeout and curbside pickup and realize they can make a success of it. So when the pandemic um, you know, opens up again, they've got their existing business and two new revenue streams. So they've got more meaning in their lives and you know, through the business. Right. Don't, don't give up. I think that's the, what we're talking about. Right, right. Well, it, yeah, that's, uh, it's true. And you do have to have mental toughness for that. That's for sure. You do, you do, you do. One of my, I'll, I'll tell you another quick story. One of my clients is a CEO of a company that's been owned by, that's owned by private equity. Um, and, you know, he took over CEO about three and a half years ago when I started coaching with him. Um, and he had meaning and purpose through his work. You know, he's building the business to run a growth strategy. And then the private equity company decided to sell them. And the CEO was leading the sale process. So he was dismantling his meaningfulness. And, uh, and I spent a lot of time and energy with him on you know, making sure that he's, um, his fuel gauges are all in the, in the, at the positive end of the scale, that he's looking after himself physically as well, well as emotionally um, and he could slip into meaninglessness because he's lost something yeah it's, 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 a, it's a really big message Kevin isn't it about you, to do these things you've got to look up and you know I think 2021 should be the year of removing meaningfulness um, from being on the back shelf and putting it right at the heart of the decisions you're making, putting it right at the forefront of your mind, and bringing more of it to the workplace. Well, as you say that, it shouldn't take a pandemic for us to think that way as leaders. No, you please. know, unfortunately, but it does. <laughs> it, it does, isn't it, Bob? But it is, isn't it interesting? Because there's loads of things it's made us consider but I also really enjoyed Kev, your take on this today about, you know, what a resilient leader does in adversity. And that's why I wanted to capture it for a moment, even though you two talking allowed me to track my typo for a second. Um, 
But it's an important feature, isn't it? It's at, and I also really like the, the point you nailed, which was adjust, respond, make it successful, and in normal conditions, two branches of a business instead of one, which gives you greater flexibility and greater control of building a better future, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, it does, re it does reflect some of the, the basic principles of leadership that if you're looking down and into your business all the time, there's something missing. And you could well get lost in something like a pandemic where there are lots of micro changes happening and you just question the meaningfulness of it all. But if you're a leader that's looking up and out and kind of plotting the future growth, then you're just adding change and a different dimension to it all. Um, so you're just reinforcing that what you're doing is meaningful. Yeah, that is true. Well, it's also that concept of, that's exactly, it's exactly true. If you're in it and you're, you're down in the, in the depths of it, you're not going to be seeing these things or taking the opportunities that are in front of you, non-pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, 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 it's fascinating, isn't it? Because if you look at, you know, all the things that we would have done in the past, and I, I was listening to a book whilst I was writing on Sunday, uh, and Saturday, and um, companies that I know, no names required, but who in the past will have done excessive um, micromanagement. I know the accounting industry thinks about micromanagement. I'm talking about not what, you know, not asking somebody if they've done their job, Bob. That's not micromanagement. That's just asking if you've done your job. I'm right. talking about conference calls, Kev, right? Nine o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning lunchtime on the hour all afternoon talking about results you know companies like that have you you've heard of them seen them hopefully yeah. never have to run them that way um but that's micromanagement right the clock goes oh no it's a minute to the hour i've got to report my figures right uh, things that people have done meaningless repetition and putting people under pressure burning people out again i think if we can bring a clear why to organizations uh, and go through a clear process that allows people to put that throughout what they're doing. Um, we might know of one of those, of course, that is uh, something we might just know how to do. Then you can eliminate meaninglessness. And I think it's a big challenge for people this year to take a real stance and say, we're not going to just do what we've always done. We're going to do something different. We're going to look at it and dissect it and see if it still makes sense. Totally. I, I struggle with that piece of letting, letting go too much. Yeah. I, you know, I can get caught up in what I'm doing on my path. You still have to revisit. So that's why this is a good discussion to have. Good review. Right. Yeah. I, think, I think there's also a kind of correlation between um, your meaningfulness kind of equals a can-do attitude, you know, that whole Kaizen thing. Um, and the, the, the restaurant, uh, restaurants again, you know, the meaningfulness, can-do, let's-do, pick-up and curb, pick-up and take away and stuff like that. The meaningless people are more likely the ones that reject change. You know, they're uncomfortable with change. They want the status quo to, main, to be maintained but that's at some risk to the business. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. Definitely is. So let's take a look at this next one, Kev. I'm going to share a couple of quotes that I'm going to ask you both to look at and let's discuss what we think of them. To use my gifts of intelligence, charisma and serial optimism to cultivate the self-worth and net worth of women around the world. Amanda Steinberg, dailyworth.com. That's meaningful. Would we agree? Yes. Yeah, totally. Uh, what What do you experience when you read it, Bob? Power. I, uh, power. I, I feel I feel powerful by reading that, and that somebody would um, stand. I mean, just by example, watching that, that's going to make me feel more powerful. So, sh shall we do another one? Uh, so. Let's look at this one, Kev. To constantly be striving to be the best version of myself in my job, with my health and fitness, with my relationships, family, friends, and with my emotional well-being. A lady called Katie Arnold, talk less, say more. We've run out of characters. We apologize, Katie, for your business name. <laughs> How do you feel about that one, Kevin? Well, it's it's a, it's got a huge amount of positivity running through it all. And this is a person that's into, you know, lifetime, lifelong learning and... Uh, um, you, know, you know, put herself at the center of her universe in order to support other people. Um, so again, as, as Bob said, it's empowering. It's um, you would like this person to have your back. Yeah, yeah. That's a really nice take on it, Kevin. I've got another one here. I'm going to just put up as a banner. So another really great, meaningful statement. Now, if you're watching this or listening, we're not suggesting you should have one of these type of statements about who you are or what you're about. But we are asking you to think about, do you put enough meaning into the day you're in, into the task you're doing, into the future that you want? I want to make it so that every person in the world can afford to start their own business. Wow. What do you think of this one? I think it's disruptive. When you read what when you read what John Rampton does, host.com, hosting. I think those of us that have uh, businesses don't, well, at least for myself anyway, some people do, but I don't acknowledge as much as I do for other people. You know, I realized during this pandemic, I have eight, eight employees and I kept eight employees uh, employed and we were able to move things and change things to do that. And I think that's what this says. You know, we as small, as business owners, um, do lead people and we that'd be a great thing for people to be able to talk about starting their own business rather than being an employee yeah my, my take on that one Dave is my first thoughts were well how's he going to do that <laughs> yeah and it, so therefore it looks a bit moonshotty you know sort of overreaching maybe um, but if he does it brilliant but how's he going to do that it's, it's a, it, absolutely, it's, it's a really great intention, isn't it? Just going to bring up the next one, Kev. Um, so, big shout out to Bob Gay for eight employees who kept them all on board during the pandemic. You heard it here. Um, here's Oprah next. So, I mean, Oprah's got a tall act to follow after that last statement, Kevin, hasn't she? Um, and what I like about this, students is generic, right? She will have students. But I think the word student here could be anybody. It could be a transient thing, people she cares about. But I, I like the other, I like the idea of seeking out inspiration. We, we did a cast the other week where Kevin and I were talking about the effects of true inspiration when you get your breath taken away with surprise. 
What a lovely ideology to be able to do that. What do you think, Bob? It is. I mean, I, 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 I love to be able to see people that I've made a difference with, um, yeah. including clients, uh, you know, and, and customers of ours. It just it makes you makes you feel good about yourself, and it makes you feel meaningful and have a purpose. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Other words. <laughs> so, uh, Kevin, just for a second, talk me through this one. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, to me, this kind of borders on corporate bullshit, but. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's, a, there's clearly a lot of sentiments there, um, but he's trying to have everything in a funny sort of a way. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, well... It, it does. What about this one? <laughs> well, clearly, that's that's realism. <laughs> that's Do you know, right, Bob, a couple of years ago... Bob, have you seen the Tunnocks Bar in, in America? Have you ever seen one? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, um, I wrote to Mr. Tunnocks and I said, listen, I just did a 110-mile training ride and all I ate was Tunnocks Bars. And they were so, they were all laughing so much at the factory that Mr. Tunnocks wrote back and sent me a check for 50 bucks, sponsorship and two boxes of the different styles of tonics. I was so made up. What I didn't say was I had so many tonics on the ride, I couldn't face another one for a while. <laughs> it doesn't quite taste the same. <laughs> no, it doesn't. They, they do today, fortunately. But the, the thing for me was I used the £50 to pay two personal trainers to go into a school and run an exercise class in primary schools and pay them to go and do it to help in the world of education because it wasn't about raising any money there was no cause so i figured i felt a bit guilty so i better do something good with it but we did eventually eat all the tunnels now coming away from this ridiculous one what is important is we are talking about today in your business or leadership is then enough meaning in play because if you can connect meaning to what you're doing you will empower and make your workplace a great place so let's let's come to a close this week to talk about two words i think are the secret to meaning and uh first of all i'm going to ask you to tell me what you think the word fearless in business means right and therefore what do you think a fearless firm is and then hopefully i'm going to completely contradict you so Let's go to Bob first. What does the word fearless mean to you, Bob? Uh, we're willing to try anything. We're willing to not say we don't know how to do something. We'll learn it. We'll figure it out and we'll find the best application for our clients. That's a pretty good shot, Bob. Uh, Kev, what do you think? If George oh, Powers yeah, would, 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 would repeat what Bob said. <laughs> I think fear, fear, fearlessness is about the ability to embrace change and everything that goes with it. Um, because if you don't do that, to be honest, I think you'll struggle to survive in a changing world. I would entirely agree. Uh, I'm going to attempt to spell what it means in a second. 
We often hear the word fearlessness or fearless and we assume there's bravery, we assume there's a demand for leaning in, a positive we heard earlier about being resilient. We assume it's about um, candle, great talking, but actually it's about being a psych psychologically safe place to be brave, oh, to, be ca to be candid to be fearless. So that means, Kevin, if you're the CEO, right, and I'm the frontline worker, I am quite prepared to tell you as it is because I trust you. No matter what the question is. Now, when I worked for a retailer many years ago, out of professionalism, we won't say who it was, we used to get board members go on royal tours. And I never understood why the chairman never thought that new stores smelt of fresh paint. Because two weeks before they came, Bob, there was a cleanup team, there was a training team, there was a repair team, facilities, you name it. The stores were made to look the best they could now, no matter how old they were. And the teams that run them, including me at the time, we'd work whatever hours it took up until the night before to make sure that the directors were happy that the board were going to think it was okay. Can you imagine how much money that cost? Because no one was saying, what's really going on? It wasn't safe to say. I was once on a royal tour where I was on the touring party, not the actual royal family, if you're listening, uh, a work-based scenario, the royalty was the board. And I remember, watching this chap calling a store manager on their day off at a surprise visit to tell him off about the batteries display. And you've got to ask yourself, was that meaningful? No. No. Now, we don't live in that generation anymore, Kevin, do we? We don't live in those times. But we so easily could by mistake. And therefore, becoming a psychological safe place to work is a huge intention, a massive undertaking, because it's built on trust and candor. Me being able to say to anybody in my team or anybody say to me in my team, this is what I think. And process it and respond accordingly. You know, it, action or no action, because sometimes there's no action. So. It's a place to be safe to say where I'm at. And I think if there's one thing COVID has taught us, that is a critical ingredient for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Generationally and operationally, both of them, to be able to do it and to know that tomorrow's worker needs it. Would that be fair, Kev? I, I, I think so, because even in adversity, you can make things meaningful. Yeah, You know, the, the cinema operator who's had to furlough their staff but is actually planning for a post-pandemic world still has meaning in their life and their business. Um, and uh, and so, you know, you don't give up, do you? You, you? you kind of embrace a new meaningfulness if the old one has got a bit tarnished. 100%. And I think I spelled that correct, Kev. you did without spell checking bob <laughs> so, 
that was a success. And I, I think it's a nice place to stop this week about asking, are you a psychologically safe place? Is it okay to fail? When you fail, do you have really great conversations? Do you train people to be okay with hearing things as they are? You know, with skill and, and grace. And, and if you do those things, what are you going to unlock tomorrow as part of how you lead, manage, inspire your, your business every day? So given the richness of the chat today, Bob, Kevin, any final comments from both of you? And we'll go to Kev first and Magical Bob second. Um, I think this is a um, this is a grounding discussion. Mm. It gets you back to back to basics. Um, everyone needs meaning in their life, what, you know, wherever that comes from. Um, so, kind of giving up on that meaning is uh, is is bad news. Um, so, people have got to be flexible with the meaningfulness. Um, and so, this is a great conversation to be having. Thanks, Kevin. Anything you'd like to add, Bob? Uh, I am uh, sorry that I've been gone so long because this has been a great conversation and getting getting back to the basics. So I uh, I will be here more often. <laughs> and, and Bob, it, it is a treasure to have you with us. Eric will be back with us next week. Hopefully Vince will have his down sorted out. And over the next few weeks, we've got some great subjects to keep talking about. And like Kevin said earlier, if you want to learn more, read more, you can buy the book. We also are publishing chapters right now on the rlc-global.com site as blogs, so you can help yourself to stuff. And just to get us to think, you know, if you can put the meaning of why you're doing things in every facet of your business, where everyone can connect to it, relate to it, feel it, do it, you will hopefully transform your business. So we've been Consultivation. This has been conversations with consultants who do business. And Kevin, thank you for your time. Of course, a pleasure. And we have, of course, had the privilege of having Magical Bob Gay back with us again this week. Bob, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Consultivations, brought to you by RLC Global, helping you become a best version business. If you want any help from the conversations in the show today, please reach out to info at rlc-global.com and one of our team would be delighted to talk with you. Go to rlcglobal.group for more information and free content designed to help you.